don't you go ahead and take your Bibles and turn there as we continue our study um, entitled this, Will the Real Christians Please Stand Up? So what John is doing is John is helping us identify who the real Christians are and helping us identify whether or not we are in that number of real Christians, true, genuine believers, because there are imposters among us. There are those who are pretenders and there are those who are posing to be Christians but are really not. And we've been answering the question, how do you know who real Christians are? That's what John's been saying to us. How do you know who they are? Um, how can you tell? Is it possible to tell? So let me ask that question of you. Is it possible to tell who the real Christians are? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yes, yes, a thousand times yes, it is possible to be able to tell who the real Christians in the room are, who the real Christians in the world are, because they live and act and think differently than everybody else in the world. And we're identifying what those are, those identifiers, to be able to see who the real Christians are in the world in which we're living today. So our passage is 1 John chapter 5, and the message today and next week now is um, living in victory, living in victory. So let's go for it, okay? First John 5, 1, here we go. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I'm gonna stop right there. And I wanna kind of pick this apart just a little bit because it's important that we realize, um, and I have it on the screen here, that it's not what you believe that matters in this life, it's who you believe in that matters in this life. I'm gonna say that again. It's not what you believe that matters in this life so much as who you believe in. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. It's not just will you entrust your life to someone or will you entrust your life to something or some belief system that matters it's the who will I entrust my life to that matters. Do you understand that? You don't just entrust your life to anybody, right? I would hope your answer is like, no, I would not entrust my life or the life of my children to just anybody. It really matters. And I'm gonna vet that person 100% before I entrust my life to that person. So let's do this. Reagan, you stand up. Come over here. Come on. Now, Reagan, you're a tough chick. I know that. Okay? <laughs> face the people. I know that because you're like a you're like a cowgirl, and you know you you're just awesome in all the way around. Okay. Um, so let's just say that. I know that my life is in danger right now, okay? And there are threats on my life right now. And I need somebody that I can entrust the security of my own personal life and the life of my family, okay? And so um, do you think that I would, of all the people in the building here, do you think that I would choose you to protect me? <laughs> Would that make sense? I mean, as tough as she is, would it make sense for me to entrust my life and my 
physical well-being to Reagan, who is 14, 13. 13 years old. No, I would go for somebody more like this. <laughs> Anybody in the room agree? I mean, no offense, right? No offense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, this not, doesn't say anything about you because you're an awesome girl. You really are. You're tough. I know that you are, but I'm going I'm going for Dave. All right, you get that? All right, thank you. Does that, does that make sense to everybody? It, it's, not, it's not, if I'm going to entrust myself to someone or something or some belief system that matters, it's the who. Who am I going to entrust my life to? Isn't that what we're talking about this morning? Whenever life hits us, who are you going to run to? You're gonna run into the arms of Jesus Christ. It's not just what you believe, but who you believe in. This is critical to every one of us and our eternal survival. I need you to listen carefully to me. I am learning, you, I'm learning at a very rapid pace right now about the world and about my responsibility to the world. And I'm actually, praise God that I'm growing in this because I'm, I'm not so angry right now as I have been. I've spent a lot of my years angry at what's happening in the world because I don't want it to happen. I don't want the negative stuff that's going on in our world to happen. And I'm passionate about it, and I've, I, I tend to call it um, righteous indignation, which there is some righteous indignation there, but my heart is changing. My heart is flipping, and I need you to understand that most of the people in the world most of the people are entrusting their eternal destinies to imposters. They're entrusting their lives to fakes and phonies out there in the world. They're entrusting their eternal souls to faulty and wicked belief systems that are leading them down the paths of death, destruction, and ultimately to stand before the judgment seat of God someday and receive what is due them because of the sin in their hearts and because of the belief system that they were duped to believe in. John is saying here, if you wanna have life, you better believe in Jesus. Jesus. But I want you to notice something because he qualifies it in this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is what? is the Christ is born of God. It doesn't say everyone who believes that Jesus was a good man is born of God, or everyone who believes that Jesus was something special while he was walking the earth is born of God. It doesn't say that everyone who believes that Jesus was a great teacher and a great rabbi is born of God. It doesn't even say that everyone who believes that Jesus did some pretty spectacular things while he lived on the earth is born of God. What it says is, read it. And, and here, can I just say this? You just need to know this. Words matter in the Bible. You have to just get that in your heart, okay? Because God told the writers what to write. And the very words in the scriptures are inspired by God himself. And that's a big, huge debate in the church of Jesus Christ right now. I just, I'm very upset about this. I, I just went, I just watched this thing about a couple of pastors 
and what they're turning now, and they're beginning to say that the Bible isn't really the inspired word, it's just the opinion, the inspired opinions of men. That is false teaching. And God's word, the Bible that you have here, he has preserved over time. And the very words that we're reading are the inspired words of God. And when he puts something down in the Bible, when he writes down he or she, that's what he meant in the Bible. I'm not going into that right now. But listen to this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That's in there very specifically for you and me to understand. Everyone who believes, what it means literally is everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the anointed one, that's the one who is born of God. We don't just believe that Jesus was some historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago. Many people will believe in that and they're not going to heaven. In fact, the Bible teaches us that even the demons believe that there is Jesus, that he exists, but they're not saved. No, my friends, we believe that Jesus is the one foretold in the Old Testament who will set his people free and deliver them from their sins and will reconcile all that has been broken between men and their father in heaven because he is the one and only son of God. He was all man and all God when he came to this earth and he is the Christ, the Messiah. And John says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you are the one who is born of God. And we aren't waiting and hoping that he will come. He's already come and he's already accomplished all that the scriptures prophesied that he would accomplish for the salvation of all mankind. Now we believe in the Messiah Let's keep going, though, because he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. So everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and if you're born of God, you love the Father, and if you love the Father, then you love his kids as well, that's what it says here. Truth number one, what he wants us to know in order to be victorious in our lives for the Lord is that loving God equals loving others. There's no loving God without loving others in an ever increasing manner. Now I wanna just pause again and say, because I've said it over and over again, when we talk about this stuff in, in 1 John, he's, he's classically giving us these, these absolutes, but what we know is that our Christian walk is a process. Our Christian walk is called progressive sanctification or progressive holiness. It's a process of putting off the old and putting on the new, and this is a daily battle that we have every day. Amen? Amen. You following me? You with me? Okay, so all of these absolutes that we hear, especially about loving God, this is God's people will love others because do you love God perfectly? Come on, answer me. <laughs> no, you do not. You cannot, okay? But we try, right? Do you try to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength every day? 
That's the command that we have been given that we're supposed to do, and that's what our goal is every single day. But we fail at that all the time, and we just get back up and try loving God even more. It's the same thing with others. So we love God because we're born of him, and if we love God, then we love his kids. But I want just to keep it in your minds that we are going to fail at that. It's gonna be a struggle, isn't it? It's gonna be a struggle to love people, because people, can I say it, are hard to love. I know it's hard to love me. But there's no loving God. Loving God equals loving others. There's no loving of God without loving others in an ever-increasing manner. Now, does this, is this starting to sound like a broken record to you as we go through this book of John? First John. Let's rehearse some things, okay? Get out your Bibles. Come on, get your Bibles and go to chapter two, verse nine. I'm gonna just start reading through what we have learned already about the love of others, loving others. Chapter two, verse nine. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves his brother lives in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. But anyone who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. Go to chapter three, verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Chapter three, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. That's how you know. That's how you know who the children of God are. Verse 15, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Verse 16, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? The answer is it can't be. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Verse 23, here's the commandment. Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we're talking about? That Jesus is the Christ, believe in him and love one another as he commanded us. Chapter seven, or chapter four, verse seven. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Jump to verse 11. Since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we will love each other, then God will live in us, and his love is made complete in us. Verse 16, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. Verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother is a liar, for whoever does not love your brother whom they have not seen cannot love God whom they have, sorry, back up. Whoever does not love their brother whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment, anyone who loves God must also love his brother. Chapter five, verse one, everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. Is he making his point clear? Are we getting it? It's almost like John is saying, if anyone has ears, let him hear. And I want to ask the question, my friends, how about it? Do you have ears to hear? Is anyone in the room right now waking up to the reality that love for others is the primary thing on the heart of Christ and his Father? Don't ever 
allow your heart to be deceived into thinking that you can love God and hate your brother because those are two opposite things. Loving God equals loving others. They're inseparable. We're supposed to be loving all people. In fact, the true test of an authentic child of God who possesses a real faith in Christ the Messiah is a genuine love for all people, even the most difficult of us. Loving God equals loving others. You can't get them apart. The bond is permanent if you are truly in Christ. You can't be separated from the love of God through Christ, Romans 8, and others can't be separated from our love for them if we're truly in Christ. This is what John's point is here in this passage. In fact, the Holy Spirit inspired John to write right out of the heart of the Father a book like this in such a way that we can't escape this very truth that if you say you love God, then you will love others. It's not some obscure tidbit of truth that we've gotta get out the heavy equipment to mine out of the pages of the scriptures. It's right here in plain view, in repetition, over and over and over, bottom shelf for all of us who really need the bottom shelf. We are to be immersed in his love and our love for everyone else. This is how we know who the real Christians are. Actually, we're asking the question, will the real Christians stand up? This is how the real Christians stand up. Right here, what we're talking about. And so we have to ask the question, how are we doing? How are we doing on loving each other? How are we doing on loving everyone out there in the world? Let's keep on going with verse two. This is how we know that we love the children of God. So let's go back, okay? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. If you're born of God, then you love God, and if you love God, then you love others. Well, how do we know that we love the children of God? Here it is. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to obey his commands. And we're like, wait, I thought he just said loving God equals loving others. Now it's saying if you love the children of God, you love God by carrying out his commands. Yes. He's completely flipping it now and taking us to a whole different level. Because loving others equals obeying God's commands. I'm gonna stop right here. and pick it up right here next week. You okay with that? <laughs> it's either that or we're going for a long time. <laughs> I had an opportunity, a pretty, a pretty big privilege actually this week. Um, I was invited to attend the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. And um, was able to go there 
on Wednesday night and Thursday morning. And um, meet a lot of people. <laughs> it was pretty surreal. I, I, I got to meet a lot of people I see on TV all the time. Um, I had the privilege of actually being in the, in the congressional meeting. There were a couple of meetings in town uh, to honor the Lord um, on, a, on the national prayer breakfast. Um, but I got to sit with all the congressmen and the senators and the White House staff. It was pretty crazy because I was with Rudy Ockham. The dude is as bold as a lion. He goes, come on, we're sitting right in the front. <laughs> and he goes marching down to the front, you know, and, and there were a couple of rows that were behind all of the dignitaries, right, um, that were reserved. You couldn't sit there. So he goes, we're sitting right behind the reserve spot. So we sat. So literally, I was this far. We were sitting this far from, from you, me to you. So you're, you're President Biden, Okay. And this is how close I was sitting to President Biden and Kevin uh, McCarthy and Steve Scalise and Kamala Harris and P Nancy Pelosi and just on and on. And I'm just kind of freaking out. <laughs> and I'm going to share more about this next week, okay? But I just want you to know that um, I have this real dark view of what we call the swamp in Washington. And um, I'm, I'm really discouraged with that in my spirit, and it seems really dark to me. I just want you to know there are some bright, bright, shining lights for Jesus that are sitting as congressmen and congresswomen and, and um, senators and other people in leadership in this country, I was able to meet Steve Scalise, and I don't know if you know who Steve Scalise is. He was the, he's a senator. He was the one that was shot about four years ago at a congressional baseball game. Remember that story? Almost died. I actually got to meet him and talk to him and hear his testimony of faith in Jesus Christ, and he, this is what he said. He said, listen, you need to understand, I'm a miracle of God. I was not supposed to live. But here's what I believe. My faith tells me, the Bible tells me that I have a purpose and my purpose is to stand for righteousness and be a light in the darkness as a senator for this nation and, and try to turn this nation's heart back towards God and we're not gonna stop and God has that in my heart and I know that's why he saved my life and he, he, he walks with a limp and he's still scarred from all of that that has happened but he says, I'm standing for God and there were other men and women that are standing with him. We've got Rudy Yockum in there. We've got several other people that are in there that are strong, solid believers in Jesus Christ trying to turn the thing around and trying to, live for righteousness and they're right there in the middle of all the darkness and I got to tell you my heart I began my heart softened in this because I'm ready to preach this sermon Phil how you doing on loving because people in the darkness need the love of Jesus and there's only one way that people in the darkness 
will experience the love of Jesus. And it's from the people who have experienced the love of Jesus. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you're born of God. And if you're born of God, then you will love God. And if you love God, then you will love everyone else. Our whole mission here is to equip you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love people. And when we get those things together, John says, we will influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's all I have to say today. <laughs> Let's stand together. Let's stand together. We got more to come, and um, it'll beat up on us a little bit next week, okay? So just come ready. Come with your armor on and, uh, and your hearts open. And let me just say before we pray, um, there is no specific invitation today, but our altar area here is always open, and we have prayer team members that are going to be up here, and anything that's on your heart, you just come on up here, and you, we'll pray with you, pray for you, or you can just come up here and give your heart to Jesus in any way that you want to, but I will always leave an invitation open for anyone who needs to know this love of Jesus that we're talking about. And if you know in your heart that you don't know the Lord and you would like to be saved, today can be the day of salvation for you. I would love to talk to you. If wherever you are online joining us, you can reach out to our prayer team right now with any of your prayer needs. If you want to receive Christ as your Savior, you can let us know that. We would love to help you and walk alongside of you in any way that we can. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us. And Lord, I don't say we love you um, flippantly because you know in my heart and you can see the hearts of all my brothers and sisters here that we really do love you. We just struggle with it all the time. And so I pray that you'll help us grow in this thing of our love for you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our love for other people and that we would go out there and share that love this week in some very special ways. I can't wait, Lord. Bring us stories. Bring us opportunities Give us, the, by your Holy Spirit, boldness to speak, and then let us hear the stories of how you are bringing people to salvation, just like you brought this dear woman to salvation in the jail ministry um, this week through our people sharing the gospel. Use us in powerful ways this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go.